Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Thank you for listening to the Martinis and the Macabre podcast. This show contains graphic content and explicit language. It is intended for immature adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. seem to have a lot of people that quit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, what bothers me, it doesn't bother me if somebody quits. If you want to quit, quit. But tell me. Don't just not show up. Yeah, that's pretty shitty. To me, that shows cowardice. Look me in the eyes and tell me you quit. I could at least respect that. So, I'm in a shitty mood. Did that affect your work today? <laughs> it did. He was supposed to show up today and have somebody else come in. I have to rearrange hours, and the part-time person is going to have to take on some more hours. And it's just, it's just the principle, man. I've been over backwards for that kid, and when that when that stuff happens, it seriously is fuck you, Billy. That's what that is. That's a fuck you, Billy. Fuck you, Billy. Oh, you helped me get extra shirts, you know, for work? Fuck you, Billy. Oh, you helped me get more hours? Fuck you, Billy. I can use your Netflix? Fuck you, Billy. That's the biggest fuck you. That affects both of us. He used our Netflix. That bastard. So fucking it. And then just not fucking show up. And told someone else that he wasn't going to show up. Which, now see... what. Everybody seems to be mad, kind of mad at the other guy, but for not saying anything. But I believe him. The other, the other worker, he said, "I thought he was going to text you or call you." No, I'm saying what's shitty is the fact that he knew in advance that's what he was going to do, and he told, yeah, his fellow coworker what he was going to do, and he fucking didn't show up. Yeah. <clears throat> so that means even the other employee expected him to be an adult, and wasn't. Nothing against you young adults, but uh, some of you got some maturing to do. There's a big work ethic problem that's yeah. happening. And it's just, and I don't come down on, on, 
a whole lot of people. That's just that just pisses me off to no fucking end. Maybe it's because we're old fashioned. Yeah, because I was seventeen and a manager at a fast food joint, of course. But I was a fucking manager when I shouldn't have been, and I at least had the decency to fucking tell them I fucking quit. Yeah. At seventeen. Yeah, even if you're not going to put in, even if you're not going to put in a two week notice, at least do me the favor of telling me in person that you're done. Yeah. That's just. I'm in a, I'm in a funk. Yeah. Right now. But just so everyone knows, we recently had Veterans Day. Billy, of course, is a veteran. Yeah. And I know I've already told you this, but I'm going to tell you again, even though it's belated. Thank you for your service. Thank you, ma'am. So maybe that'll help you with your funk. No, it didn't hurt it. I mean, I don't smell anything right now, so you don't smell funky. I'm just really mad. Don't be mad. We're getting ready to record a funny episode I with got, lots of murder. I got hit on the day. You did. By a guy. Ooh. Still made me feel pretty good. Yeah. He said, I have beautiful eyes. I haven't been hit on by a chick in like decades. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been hit on by anyone in decades. I hit on you all the time. <laughs> Someone that we don't know. <laughs> yeah, he said, I have beautiful eyes and that I smell great. Yes, and I, I concur. I completely. said, I said, well, buddy, those are jeans and Dolce and Gabbana. <laughs> and then he was like, Yeah, Billy goes for the expensive <clears throat> shit. And then he was like, So what are you, what are you doing after work? And I was like, Then it clicked in my head. I was like, Oh wait. <laughs> I said, Oh no. I said, I'm sorry. I said, I, I think maybe you might have taken. It. I said, I'm not. And I, all I said is, I'm not. He went, Oh, okay. Okay, cool. I was like, but thank you so much. It was very flattering. <laughs> so if you're listening out there, if you're if if you're the guy, if you're that guy. I hope you get it laid tonight. <laughs> All right, guys. Welcome to Martinis and the Macabre, the podcast where we drunkenly discuss morbid murders, mysteries, and mayhem. My name's Erica, and I'm joined by my beautiful-eyed, smelling good husband Billy. Just. Give me a two-week notice, or at least like an hour's notice. Let you're, me. You're bringing know. me down, man. It's like it. It. You're bringing me down. How am I supposed to arrange any type of fucking employees if you're not gonna? We will talk about this after the show, Billy. You could rant all you want then. You know, let's talk about Larry's bitch ass. Right now, we got to talk about murder. Yeah, Larry. <laughs> this week. We've got another twisted tale of a serial murderer that preyed on victims across the Midwest, dumping them along the sides of interstates from Kentucky to Wisconsin in the early 80s. He left over 20 young men and teenagers mutilated and almost got away with it. And he hailed from our home state of Indiana. Yay, hometown pride. Well, my home state, your home state would technically be Texas. Texas. I am a Texan. So, but you spent most of your life in Indiana, so you're a Hoosier, just did, like me. Did I, did I tell you what our son said about Indiana? Because Indiana's the Which son? oldest, because, you know, Indiana's the crossroads of America, mm-hmm. you know, and all that stuff. And you, That's our slogan. We're the crossroads of well, America. Well, when you look at uh, every intersection. Yeah, they intersects. all come right in around Indy. When you drive around in Indy, it's a real bitch and a half. I-70 goes straight through indiana and you got to hit the loop on 465 and it's go out the other side do. and um i've driven it many times but he was like indiana you gotta drive through us to get to somewhere better <laughs> i forgot about that <laughs> i almost wrecked the car i laughed so hard 
Yes, that was the great Minimus Noah, whose music we use at the end of each episode. He's quite a comedian. He's a funny guy. So is our little nugget. He's quite funny, He's too. He's funny, too. <laughs> All right, so let's dive into the sordid story of a serial killer known as the Interstate Killer, a.k.a. the Highway Murderer. Now, we'll start in March of 1982 with possibly the first victim. And just so you guys are forewarned, there's a lot of fucking murder to begin this story out with. The body of 29-year-old white male named Jay Reynolds was discovered on March 22nd, 10 miles north of Richmond, Kentucky, which is just outside of Lexington. He had been stabbed to death, probably elsewhere, and then dumped. The case is officially unsolved, but the interstate killer is the prime suspect. But we know. He is also the main suspect in the murder of 14-year-old African-American Delvoid Lee Baker. Baker had been strangled and dumped on the side of the road on the north side of Indianapolis. It, probably the north. He couldn't get around 465. And, you know, you just stop where you, you know, just like, he's just got a big loop. You know, he's just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm, we're here. I'm stopping here. Fuck this. <laughs> this is stupid. He that was, always gets me is, is strangulations. Why does that get you? Because you have to put a lot into it. Sta- you do. Stabbing, shooting, bludgeoning. It takes several minutes. Bludgeoning, that's another one. Stabbing, not so much, but when somebody stabbed 40 times, that's a statement. But, like, strangling, like, you have to get on top of them and you have to put your weight down. It's not like in movies. Like, that, you get tuckered. Yeah, because, yeah, you can squeeze them hard well, enough I've to, heard. to make them pass out, but... Their body has to go without oxygen for several minutes before they officially die. So just because they're unconscious doesn't mean you get to stop strangling then. No, you got to put work into it. Elbow grease. You got to finish the fuck. You started a job. You finish it. That sounds awful. Yep. But, you know. (laughs) That's what we do. That's our thing. Awful. Awful things. You're welcome. Yay. (laughs) Uh, He was found on October 2nd, the same year. So if these are true victims of the interstate killer, we've already got bodies of two very different victims in two different states, hundreds of miles apart, and they were killed with very different M.O.s. So obviously there was no link made between the two murders at the time. To me, that's the scariest type of serial killer. Mm -hmm. Because you just never know. Like, you know, who was it? Son of Sam or something like that. You know, it's like all the women dyed their hair and cut their hair. You know, um, the Muslims that, 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 well, we did an episode on it back in the day. Zebra killings? Yeah. Where they're like, it was a certain profile of people that they were killing. So they changed how they looked. And, but with him, it's like, it doesn't matter what you look like. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what he has on hand. If he wants to, he's going to fucking do it. And this was back in the age when there was no communication between districts. So nobody had any way of connecting these two. That's nuts. That's scary. On October 23rd, just three weeks later, a body of a young male was found in a cornfield outside of Kankakee, Illinois. And I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Someone will probably tell us if I'm not. I thought Kankakee. Kankakee? K-A-N-K-A-K-E-E. Kankakee. Kankersore. Yep. Kankersore is just west of the Indiana state line and about 40 miles south of Chicago. The victim had been stabbed 32 times. This is like what you said, a statement. See? Four of those in the head. See? He was identified as 19-year-old Stephen Crockett. And if you look at a map of the Midwest that includes the three states these victims were found in, and I did this, I referred to maps 
a lot while researching this episode. You can practically draw a straight line from the first to the second to the third moving northwest. Kentucky, Indiana, oh, Illinois. Okay, I read that earlier and I was and I misread because I'm like, well, between two points is a straight line. That doesn't make any fucking sense, Erica. You didn't do your homework. I said practically I, but I, but because I but I didn't take into account it's it's multiple ones. But I thought you meant like from one killing to another killing, it's a straight line. Like, well, yeah, no, it's it's always a straight line from I one mean, point to another. If if you're looking, you know, as the crow flies at a straight line, it's pretty fucking close from Kentucky and Richmond to. Indiana to the place in Illinois. I mean, it's right on that northwestern trajectory. Just a week after Crockett's body was found, a 25-year-old man named John R. Johnson. What a name. John Johnson. Lazy-ass parents. Yeah. He went missing from the uptown district of Chicago, which wasn't too uncommon as the area was frequented by drifters. And then 10 days after that, Another victim whose murder has been linked to the interstate killer was found. I always wanted to be a drifter. Why? Sounds mysterious. Not a bum. Not a homeless person. Not a transient. Just go where the wind takes you? Like, drifter. So, a hippie? I, I, want, I want to... No, 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 no. More of the scary kind. <laughs> like You want to be a hitchhiker. I always, I always hang out by railroad tracks. You know, and I'm like... Uh-huh. You kids want to see a dead body? One of them. You the Cleveland Torso Killer? Maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. It's just the idea of being a drifter sounds pretty neat. Sure. I guess if there were, if a drifter was here, he'd be like, no, actually it's not. It's a horrible life. Life on the rails. Tell you what. It makes me, I don't know why, but it makes me think of Zoolander with the derelict line. <laughs> you know, whenever I think drifter, I think of the comically... The comically like hobo clown, the stick with the knapsack on mm-hmm. it, you know, just walking around and maybe with like a little. It's called a bindle. Is it now? Yes, it is. I'll be fucking goddamned. That little stick with the the bandana filled yeah. with all their goodies. Yeah, it's yeah. called a bindle. Oh. Now you know. Wait, is the is the thing tied to it called a bindle, or is the whole apparatus itself like? I believe the like whole, once you do it, you've just. I believe you've just the made whole thing is a bindle. I'll be damned. I could be wrong. But I'm going to say yes, Bindle, all of it. I, I, I learned something new today. I don't know if it's true or not, but I read it. That work makes so, you irate? No. Well, yeah. But, um, and it, this could be wrong, but I read it. So if I read it, I believe it. And I'm going to run with that forever. <laughs> um, it's on the internet. You got to believe it. I'll see something on Facebook. They're like, no, you idiot. This is what it is. But <laughs> the term break a leg used in show business mm-hmm. and stuff it they okay it's punny uh break a leg because they want to see you in the cast ah. in the cast so break a leg i was like motherfucker you got me Clever That's good. Girl. okay <laughs> on to dead people yes so yeah 10 days after that another victim whose murder has been linked to the interstate killer was found a man named Robert Foley had been dumped in a field northwest of Joliet, Illinois. But that same day, a surviving victim was seen at a hospital near Lowell, Indiana. See, now, the dump in the field thing goes along with... I was talking about it the other day. I went to um, I went to my niece's bodybuilding competition. She was... She looked amazing. She was... She's so beautiful. And um, she took third, by the way. And 
But I remember talking to my parents because we all were up there together, you know. And I was like, do you ever notice when you drive past a wooded area or a cornfield or something like that? Like, I bet there's a dead body out there. Or statistically, like at some point. I think that all the time. There's Okay, I'm not the only one. I can't tell you how many times I drive past like a pond or a lake. And I'm like, I wonder how many people are in there right now. But I think I'm the fucked up one because I've thought that since I was an early teenager because of a dream that I had. Uh Uh-huh. Where I was driving with my dad and my stepmom and we were going by the reservoir that is nearby our city. And there's a lot of high grasses and wooded areas. And in my dream... Prime real estate for a dead body. Exactly. In my dream, we came across two bodies that were decapitated. Like, and I can visualize it in my head perfectly. And I remember what they were wearing. I remember... They were like on the specific curve of land, but I could smell them. And when I woke up, you know, panting from my nightmare, because we just found these two decapitated bodies, I could still smell it when I woke up. And it was very disturbing to me for many years. And so for as long as it's been since that happened, I was maybe 13. Okay, here's so, here's my question. Have you ever smelled rotted meat? Yes. That Does it match? Fairly close. Wow. That's creepy. That's actually kind of scary. Yeah. Yeah, because like, you know, like if you cut the fat off chicken, throw it in the trash, and you don't realize that you need to take it out to the bin, and then it yep. reeks. Yes, it, it was pretty similar. So, I've always thought that since I was like 12 or 13 when I had that dream. Snuggle Bunnies, why don't you tell us about the dreams that you've had? You can find us on Martinis and the Macabre on Facebook and Martini underscore Macabre on Twitter. Yeah. We've Let had us some, know. I've had some fucked up dreams. Okay, let's go. Anyway. So, yeah, there was a surviving victim who was seen at a hospital near Lowell, Indiana. And was pissed. I'm just guessing. <laughs> 21-year-old Craig Townsend told the medical staff that he had been drugged and viciously beaten by a man. The authorities were called to the hospital to investigate, but Townsend refused to work with them, instead leaving the hospital before they could finish questioning him. Makes me think of Mad TV. He looking like a man. (laughs) (laughs) Makes me think of Fargo. Uh, Kind of funny looking. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else about him? Yeah, he was uncircumcised. Oh. Oh. So you had sex with him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. On Christmas Day, the body of John Johnson, who had gone missing from Chicago at the end of October, oh, was man. found. I remember I heard my mom cry. And the I, day Chicago died. I heard died. her pray the night Chicago died. Continue. I had to do it. <laughs> he had been dumped in a field in Belshaw, Indiana, just a few miles from Lowell, where Craig Townsend was able to escape from his abductor. Brother, what a night that really was. Brother, what a night that really was. Yes, indeed. I heard my... Go. Just go. (laughs) Um, Erica, go. My bad. Get it right. You're right. Just three days later, two more bodies were found in Indiana, just counties apart. 23-year-old Stephen Agin had left his home in Terre Haute on December 19th to see a movie with some friends and didn't return. He was found on the 28th in a wooded area in Vermilion County. Lured there by a drifter. Tell you what. Alrighty. Ting. Is that what we sound like here in Indiana? I don't know. To you Texans? 
I don't know. I've been told so many times I have a southern accent. Yeah, me too. And I grew up in Indiana, and I was like, I don't have a southern. And what's to crazy? us, southern is like Georgia, Alabama, that kind of not accent. Tennessee or Kentucky, you know. But yeah. I, and I get ridiculed for it, for it too. They're like, you have a southern accent. I don't have a southern accent. And they're like, you don't have a southern accent. I'm like, I don't say that. He's like, I don't say that. But your grandma, she had a strong southern accent. Uh, it took me like two years to figure out what the hell she was saying. <laughs> yeah. I miss her. She was a great woman, but she had that strong she Tennessee a, accent. She had a strong draw. Woo! Okay. <laughs> All right. So, Stephen Agin was found on the 28th. His throat had been cut and he had been stabbed repeatedly in the abdomen, leaving him disemboweled. Okay, so what's that mean, leaving him disemboweled? Did they, did he, he had intestines protruding out of his so abdomen. So did he do that? Or was that just by how he was laying that maybe they just It's from the stabbings. Out. He was stabbed so many times in the abdomen that intestines were protruding. Okay, because when I think disemboweled, I think cut open and pull out. No, no, no. Like he it, disemboweled him, but maybe I'm just, just understanding like a, it wrong. There was just an overflow of abdominal tissues that were protruding there was a hematoma a hematoma in the <laughs> okay <laughs> rectus and transverse abdominis so what he made like a dotted line pretty much like like school like like notebook paper i don't and, think it was a line and then like when he rolled over on his side the the the, the line it was more like a kaleidoscope the, the paper tore off of oh i got pattern you. just uh, all over yeah just like whack-a-mole turn him into a salt shaker yep got it uh, strangely, though, he was wearing a pair of white tube socks that the family members who identified his body insisted weren't his. What if that's his M.O.? To put socks on everybody? Put these socks on and run. <laughs> <laughs> a nearby farm was searched and one of the outbuildings on the property showed traces of human flesh on a wall where the plaster had been damaged. It led authorities to believe that Stephen had been suspended against one of the walls while being tortured and murdered. Later that same day in Putnam County, along Interstate 70, which we mentioned before, I-70, yeah. the body of 21-year-old John Roach was found. Roach was an Indianapolis resident, which is Marion County. He had been stabbed viciously in the abdomen, chest, and neck, and then dumped. Now, like I said before, counties and states at this time didn't have any way to communicate with each other about similar crimes, so no one was connecting the dots because they didn't know that there were dots that need to be connected. And that red string was so lonely in that desk drawer. Just hanging there limp. Just sitting there like, I want to help. I want to help too. You're going to make me cry, Billy. <laughs> Don't do that. No. <laughs> I could help you solve it. No. Just let me out the box. No. <laughs> let me set a little red string, Billy. Speaking of the red string thing, I wonder how mad you would get if you saw a movie or like a crime show, not like a documentary, but something like CSI or something like that, you know, and they use yellow. I wonder if you would just get up and turn the TV off. I should smack you across the face right now. I think I'm getting where you're going with that. I think you're not a fan. Mm -mm. Oh. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's red string unit. Just so you know. <laughs> Brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. 
We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. All right, so computerized records of unsolved murders didn't become active until June of the next year when the FBI's National Center for Analysis of Violent Crime put it into use. Before that, it was a serial killer lawless fucking wasteland. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But a strange... Finally, we got our heads out of our asses. <laughs> we were like, hey, wait, crimes that happen here could happen elsewhere, too. Uh, <laughs> Stanley, don't you have red string in your drawer? People, break, break that out. People don't hit a force field when they get to the state line. <laughs> no, I've tried three times. You can't do it. Man, I look weird to that family. <laughs> but a strange happening of fate would befall these two victims. Neither Vermilion nor Putnam counties had their own forensic pathologists, which meant they had to send the bodies elsewhere to be autopsied. It just so happens that they were both sent to Bloomington Hospital to be autopsied by Dr. John Pless. Dr. Pless felt that the manner of death of these two men was so similar that they were most likely committed by the same person. I like John. He's all right. Good doc. Yeah. Yeah. You know him personally? No, but I do know one, speaking of which, I know of a surgeon. He comes in all the time and he buys like really high-end booze. Yeah, he has the money to do it if he's a surgeon. He spent $477 in the store the other day. I believe it. Yeah. Uh, Kirsten would probably know. He bought um, a Michter 10-year, Michter roasted. He bought 1792 bottled in bond. He bought um, uh, E.H. Taylor. He bought a lot of stuff. But... He's. Uh, he comes I hope up, Kirsten knows because I have no clue what you're I'm, saying. I, I bet she does. <laughs> um, he's one of those guys that comes in and will buy Blanton's, which is like $70, just because he ran out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's so hard to get Blanton's now. And you know who I blame? Keanu fucking Reeves. I blame him. Why? Because he drank it in fucking John Wick. And now everybody wants Blanton's. And I only get two bottles. Every I'm sure that wasn't weeks. his decision. Well, he's to blame. That's probably the director's decision. Bullshit. Or the producer, one of the two. But, like, I found out from, like, I call him by his first name. I hear name. he's a good guy. He is. I call him by his first name, not not Keanu. But. <laughs> That's what I call him by. But he gets so mad at other people. Like, when he goes out to eat or something, I've heard, I've heard from other people, like, when you go out to eat and you know who he is and everything, you'd be like, oh, Mr. So-and-so, you know, he'd be like, um, I didn't go to college for about a decade uh, to be called Mr. It's doctor. There are a and lot of doctors I'm like, like that. Ew, you dick. A lot of them won't just let it slide and move on. They believe they earned that title. They did. And they did. And they did. And I get that. But, but you don't have to be a dick about it. I don't expect every person that I take care of to call me Nurse Jones. You know what I would do? Is except at the prison because they don't know my first name. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say anything. But when I signed the bill, I put Doctor Jones, and that's it. That's all I would do. But I wouldn't ram it down somebody's throat. Doctor Leo Marvin. I wonder how many listeners are really getting these references. Uh, that's what about Bob? If you don't get that reference, Something. you need to stop listening to our show right now. Go watch it. Well, I'll keep listening, but I mean later if you're not doing and, anything. And pause but, it. Just. Just in return, email me. I'll probably send you the movie. All right, go ahead. <laughs> so Pless felt that both of these guys were killed by the same person. He referenced the killer's quote unquote tremendous rage and felt there was a good possibility that there could be a serial killer on the loose. There has to be tremendous rage because 
strangling, multiple stabs, and and all that, you know, and, and it's like people he never knew. It's just somebody, uh, like as of right now, as far as I know, he happened across and still did this. Mm-hmm. And it's like God, who hurt you? <laughs> <laughs> who hurt you, sir? He's talking to their dead bodies. Who hurt you? He notified the Indiana State Police, but was dismissed as being a quote-unquote alarmist. The fuck does that mean? Pshaw, we could never have a criminal of that magnitude here in good old Indiana, right? Uh, just... (laughs) Whatever. uh, Just buy him a couple beers, he's fine. You're just getting all worked up, Dr. Pless. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Doctor. I did air quotes just then, you didn't see it. Yes, he did. He he brought him. He air quoted the fuck out of it. Oh, man. Fuck hyphen, yeah, I do. I'm your hype man. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Now, no one can be sure that if the murders had been started being investigated as being committed by a serial killer, that the interstate killer would have been caught sooner, possibly saving lives. But it couldn't have hurt to work that angle. At this point, what's a hurt? Because they're dead. They're still dead. That doesn't bring them back or anything. But it's like, hey, because... I mean, You're supposed to follow all possible leads. Yeah. I mean, and some you can roll your eyes at, you know, but it's like, you know, what What do you think? Could have been a serial killer. Yeah, maybe. Could have been aliens. Uh, I guess. Could have been the angel of death. Uh, maybe. Could have been polio. I don't think it was polio. Could have been. I guess it could have been. Like, you, know, like you still have <laughs> to. Could have been the Tibbs. You still have to. Yeah. <laughs> you still have to like acknowledge like yes this is maybe in the realm of possibility in the world in the universe we live yeah, in. Yeah, if you have a doctor who is trained to decipher how someone was killed or what they died from telling you, "Hey, these two dead guys look like they were made dead by the same guy." Yeah. <laughs> uh, follow up on that shit. They got dead the same way. Yeah. They were totally deaded by the same dude. They found themselves dead. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you find yourself doing that, but they did it. Mine would be like something stupid too. Trying to like get a promotion. Trying to throw something on the wall, see if it sticks. I'd be like, it was probably a circus performer. The one that throws the the, the knives at, at the lady on the wheel and it's spinning. But he had 47 and he chucked them. But he's broke. So he needed those knives back. So he took them back. And his fucking testes fell out. I'm I sure that's exactly how it happened. I didn't go to the academy for this long to be called Mr. <laughs> this detective Snuggle Bunny goddamn Jones. <laughs> and it was a circus performer. From now on, you're Detective Snuggle Bunny Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I can't due to um, Amelia's story. Oh, true. That's a dark fucking story. That I, is. You guys need to go back and find that. And I, li- I can't remember which episode that was on. And I like that better than being a detective. <laughs> you keep you keep your fucking red string. Yeah. I like Amelia's story There's a lot better. There's an episode, better. what was it, like almost a year back? About, yeah. Yeah. If you guys find that episode, instead of playing Minimus Noah music at the end, we put Amelia's story in there. She's one of our fabulous listeners, a former patron. She and made a whole... Her backstory for snuggle bunny jones yeah and she read it for us for the show and it was absolutely amazing so go check that out i i wish i knew which episode it was on maybe and, i can find it post-production or something and i love <laughs> and to be honest i love her voice because she's canadian but she's she has that very she's, strong french she's accent. french canadian mm-hmm. so it's really it's like it's like english but in cursive <laughs> yeah i guess she speaks cursive to your ear bowls <laughs> All right, so... Alarmist. (laughs) 
Around the same time that John Johnson had disappeared from Chicago. John Johnson. Another man, 27-year-old Edgar... David Davidson. (laughs) 27-year-old Edgar Underkofler. Hopefully I'm saying that right. I know you've recently gone through this, but honestly, that does sound like a character from Boardwalk Empire. Like one of the treasury agents. Like the treasury agent. Maybe. Could, I could, yeah. Maybe. Uh, he had gone missing from Rantoul, Illinois. He was found stabbed to death outside of Danville, Illinois on March 4th, 1983. <gasps> they got one too? Danville? Yeah. Uh, sure. Do we have a Danville? Yeah. We have a Daleville. Daleville and Danville, yeah. I know yeah. we had a Danville. Damn right, Danville. <laughs> This was over four months after he disappeared. Like Agen, he was wearing a pair of white tube socks that weren't his. On December 30th, 1982, a 22-year-old Yale graduate named David Block disappeared while he was in Chicago's Highland Park suburb visiting his parents. I would love for one of those tube socks to have like in cursive live, laugh, love on it. Like you see them like <laughs> online and shit. Like, that would be so cool. That would be cool. Yeah. Or, or the ones that are black. But have chicken feet sewn in, so it looks like you have chicken feet. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Oh, no. you need to get out more. Well, you evidently need to get out I more, do. Lady. There's some awesome socks out there. Okay. Uh, his skeletal remains were not found until almost 18 months later, on May 7th, 1984, near Zionsville, Illinois. No cause of death could be determined due to the advanced decomposition. So odds are, maybe wasn't stabbed, because. I, I would I, I would flatter myself to the thought that you would there would be like a bone chipped. Especially if you sat about like forty times. Which is typical. You find a little divot. But <laughs> if this killer tends to focus on the abdomen, where it's almost all soft tissue. Yeah. I could see them bleeding out from those wounds without having any chisel marks into the bones. You know, speaking of stabbings, that's I never said that sentence before. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I've never stabbed anyone. Buddy. I saw a movie, a documentary on Netflix. It's kind of it's been out for a while. Some of you out there have probably seen it. It's called Hush, and it had it has one of the most disturbing, in my opinion, one of the most disturbing stabbing scenes I've ever seen. It's the the movie is about a woman who's deaf, and there's a serial killer after her in her own house, and she has to try to outwit him, but she can't hear where. There's so many times in that yeah. movie, like he's right behind her, but yeah. she can't hear it. But her neighbor gets killed first, and she's trying to run, and she's, like, banging on her back door trying to get her attention. And the fucking dude just comes up and just starts fucking stabbing. And she is screaming, and she's still, like, with bloody hammers, like, trying to, like, get her attention and stuff. And he is not stopping. And I'm watching, like, God, that's actually... Gratuitous. Fuck, man. Like, it doesn't offend me. I'm not one of them. It doesn't offend me. I'm You're not, not gonna, a snowflake. I'm not going to boycott anything. I'm a grown-ass adult. I can handle it. But <laughs> I'm watching like, wow, that's actually, hats off to the actors. That was good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bones. On January 24th, 1983, 16-year-old Irvin Gibson was abducted and murdered in Lake County, Illinois. He wasn't discovered until April 15th, just off of an exit ramp for Interstate 94. How decayed do you think he was by that time? January to April, and it's in Illinois. It's only been three months, and it's kind of winter time. Probably preserved. Probably still fairly there, my guess. He's uh, that word everybody hates. 
moist. <laughs> he was crudely covered with leaves and was lying next to the body of a dog. Aww. Both had been stabbed to death. The killer struck again on March 21st, killing 26-year-old Jay Reynolds, the proprietor of an ice cream shop in Lexington, Kentucky. He had left that night after closing the store but never made it home. He was found less than 24 hours later, dumped along U.S. Highway 25, south of town, having been stabbed to death. 28-year-old Gustavo Herrera, a resident of the Uptown District of Chicago, was found on April 8th by construction workers in Lake County, Illinois, near the Wisconsin border. When I Chicago died. <laughs> Herrera was a father of two, but also frequented gay bars, as many of the previous victims had. He went and frequent gay bars. He went and frequent gay bars. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, good job? Like, is that what I'm supposed to say? I'd like to thank all of you for my award I got for singing. I don't fucking know. What award? Fuck off. I'm pulling a fucking award out of my ass to give to you. Shut up, stupid. <laughs> I sing good. Not only was he stabbed repeatedly, but his right hand was severed from his body and never recovered. And like Irvin Gibson, who would be found a week later... Herrera was dumped near an exit ramp for Interstate 94. Do you think the fact that he frequented gay bars is a tell? Could be. Dun dun dun. Bum, bum, bum. Green giant. I don't know. <laughs> a body was found on May 9th in Cook County, Illinois, near the Indiana border. It was the body of 18-year-old Jimmy T. Roberts, a native of Chicago. Please spare us from your fucking the Chicago Nisha renditions. Okay. Yes, indeed. <laughs> he had over 30 stab wounds and his pants had been pulled down to his ankles. He had then been rolled into a creek. That same day, hundreds of miles away in Hendricks County, Indiana, another body was found dumped near State Road 39. The body was identified as that of 21-year-old Daniel Scott McNeve. You know who this guy sounds like? A murderer? A trucker. <laughs> In my opinion, I don't know anything about this guy. He sounds like a trucker. He does sound like one. I mean, you can just go unnoticed in a semi and do whatever you want. I mean, think about how many times have you seen a semi on the side of the road not doing anything? They're allowed to do that by law. They're mm -hmm. allowed to do that they because have they, they have, have to, to rest. rest periods. But who says he's in there? Or who says he's not stabbing somebody to fucking death? How many trucker serial killers do you think are loose right now? I don't know. That's a good question. That's Probably a scary a question. Because that is the... Perfect guys for a serial killer because you are constantly on the move. Yeah. And nobody notices you. Think about it when I say think about it. I don't like saying think about it a lot. That, I don't like saying that. But anyway. Really? When you think about it. <laughs> really? When you think about it. When you're driving to like say Indy and you're on 465, like how many semi-trucks actually pass you and you pass? They're mm -hmm. everywhere. They're fucking everywhere. Yeah. Man. I don't know what's going to happen in this case, but I'm going to bet he's a trucker. If not, he probably should get his CDL <laughs> be a trucker. We'll have to wait and see, Billy. So that kind of reminded me of something. It's 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 related and unrelated is um, the folklore stuff that, you know, is kind of true. That's based in truth, you know. Mm -hmm. One of them actually is the uh, body rolled up in a rug. Yeah. That's actually a thing that that did happen. I'm sure that's happened many times. Yeah, I wonder how many of those was just mafia. Probably, 
probably a large percentage. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Or not mafia per se, because that's just labeling like Italians, but organized crime in general. I wonder. Is mafia strictly Italian? Uh, uh maf- The word mafia, I'm not too sure, but La Cosa Nostra is, it means our affair in Italian. But there's also the Irish mob, Turkish mob. The, That's why I was thinking yeah. mafia is just any general gangster group. But I don't know. I'll, I'll, I look, don't in, know I'll, look, I'll look into that. Yeah. That's not what we're talking about tonight, though. We're I talking really about want crazy some, fucking want, interstate killer. I want some pasta now. I do, too. Okay. So, yes. The body of Daniel Scott McNeve was found. He had 11 knife wounds in his neck, five in his back, and another 11 in his abdomen, leading to intestines protruding out of the wounds. So he was basically disemboweled as well. So he just go for soft tissue? No, no, that guy was stabbed in the skull. Four out of the, what, 30 times? Well, that's assuming he was the one that did it, right? What do you mean? He was one of the very beginning. He was one of the ones in the very beginning where it's like, well... That one is still unsolved, it's right? Attributed. Because it doesn't look like his M.O., but it looks like his M.O. I don't know what his M.O. is. Marks were discovered on his wrists and ankles, indicating he had been cuffed or tied up at some point. His pants had also been pulled down to his ankles. Now, again, okay. So, pants being pulled out to the ankles, mm-hmm. and then another victim who frequented gay bars. My theory is kind of, kind of come, not the trucker one, but the one where it's like, okay, maybe he's going for a type. Mm-hmm. This is when the case took a turn. Hendricks County didn't have a forensic pathologist, so McNeve's body was sent to Bloomington Hospital so that Dr. Pless could perform the autopsy. Is that okay with you guys if he could perform the autopsy or you're going to call him a fucking alarmist again? The same Dr. Pless that had already suggested to the authorities that a serial killer was on the loose. I bet when they wheeled him in, he was like, are you guys sure you want me to fucking do this? Um, maybe you need to find someone else, because what I say doesn't fucking count for anything. Last time you got aggro when I said shit. What, I mean, can I just, what do you want me to do? Yeah. I'll do it. Okay, hold on. Here's the autopsy. He's dead. There. Is that what you fucking wanted? (coughs) (coughs) Burping. A lot. Yes, you are. (coughs) There's Ah, more. Whoa, whoa, (coughs) whoa, whoa. We're all friends here, Billy. (coughs) We're friends. It's a demon. You had a demon in you? Not anymore. Okay. All right. I'm better. (laughs) If that's all it took, Catholic Church has got it so wrong. What if that's all it took? What if that's all it takes? A good hearty burp. Is, is you take Reagan from the exorcist. She's, Just burp her. She's like, fuck your mother. And you're like, come here. And you like, grab her and you start patting her back. And you're like, Ugh. Oh, I'm better, mommy. Mom? Who's this guy? And he's like, shh, let it happen. No, was, that's a that's a horrible joke on the Catholic Church. I that's horrible. That was so accurate. That was horrible. And I was raised Catholic, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so. He, he, he's like, oh, she's better. That <laughs> 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 wasn't his attention. We didn't need holy water. We didn't need to speak in Latin. Father, you saved her. Who? <laughs> 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 I'm just trying to get an Eskimo kiss up in his mother. <laughs> That's awful. I'm sorry. That's that's also really not good. <laughs> so Dr. Pless once again went to the state police, and they actually believed him this time. Oh, cool. Third time's a charm. But here, that's what pisses me off is, um, so it took more people dying. Yeah, exactly. For, for you to sign mm-hmm. off on, you know, that's stupid. Yeah. 
And like I said, no one knows if they had actually followed his lead previously, if that would have changed anything, but it wouldn't have fucking hurt anything to just follow fucking up. Yeah. You, you know what I would have said to the I don't know, commissioner or the police cap, captain of the police, whoever, you know, it was like, oh, um, I think I want to speak to your manager. Yeah, doctor, I think I think you're on to something. I think this just might be a circular. If I was a doctor, I'd be like, you know what? Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you, man. I fucking said this shit. Remember those last couple guys who died very much like this one? Mm-hmm. Remember when I said that shit? Yeah, the Remember? You could draw a line in between those pins on the map. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, man. <laughs> so, yeah, they believed him this time. But the murders kept happening. The next one being just nine days later. 25-year-old Richard Bruce was murdered in Effingham, Illinois, and his body was thrown off of a bridge into a creek. His remains wouldn't be found until December 5th. By this time, both the gay community and the police were starting to realize that someone was traveling state to state and killing gay men. I was on to something. You were. Gay newspaper The Works and attempts to help the authorities set up an anonymous hotline for tips, publish articles about the murders, and put up a $1,500 reward for the arrest and conviction of the killer, which back in the early 80s would have been a significant sum. That's a juicy, yeah, Yeah. juicy profit. Now I wonder, like, do you think, and like, again, I haven't, I I purposely don't look over this stuff, but like, do do you think maybe like a cop was like, Maybe, like, the, the chief was like, hey, detective, I need you to go undercover. Sit down. Hear me out. Hear me out on this one. I need you to go Would you to- fuck me? <laughs> I'd fuck me. <laughs> I'd fuck me hard. But um, that's a joke we said off mic. That <laughs> No, we said it on the last I know, episode or two, too. We had to cut for a minute, and I, I mentioned it, and we had, we had a... Had a whole barrel of laughs. Yeah, we we missed a whole lot of good juicy shit. You Ju- guys don't know about. You said juicy shit. Juicy shit. That's mm. gross. Diarrhea. Cha cha cha. I got it. So <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> That's where we've stooped to. I'm tracking. Stooped. Feces humor. That's where we've been. <laughs> oh man, I'm full of shit. So do you think they they're like, hey, just go hang out at the gay bar and. If a guy's like, hey, you want to come back to my truck? I have a CDL. I'm sticking to that one. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, okay, fine. Like, okay, when he sees a knife, when you see a knife, avoid the knife. Yeah, don't get stabbed. Okay. And let us know. <laughs> We're going to call your wife and let her know what's happening right now. So, he's got a knife to his throat, but we totally have faith in him that he can get out of this. And, you know, it's the 80s, so being gay was frowned upon back then, you know. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if there was one cop who was gay and was like, you want me to go undercover? <laughs> I'll go. I'll do it. I'll go. <laughs> I have no problem. I'll get non-alcoholic drinks from Gary. Who's Gary? The bartender, I think. Maybe he's the bartender. I don't know. I'm just, that's a... I don't know. That's a common name. What's the address again? <laughs> <laughs> Mark 3 Tap Room. <laughs> I like Mark III. That's a local gay bar here in our That's our gay bar. Yes, it is. That's probably... This research is probably what's prompted me to start watching RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> is that it? It might be. I was talking I was talking to Noah on the way to the gym tonight. And I was like, what's up with your mom watching RuPaul's Drag Race? 
He's like, I don't know. I said, I mean, it's fine. And I, I even said, I was like, I think RuPaul is a fine human being. She's very, fucking gorgeous. Very polite, very quick to smile, like a very pleasant yeah, person. Yeah, oh my God. She's like my spirit animal. <laughs> but I was like, and, and then he was like, well, RuPaul's also on that show. I said, yeah, she watches it. He's like, no, the other one. I'm like, what? He was like, I don't know. It's that one. I was like, body paint? He was like, that one. And I was like, oh, I wonder if your mom just like watching competitions. I do, to an extent. But I think this is probably what... Maybe. (laughs) I searched it and I was like, hey, it's there on Hulu. I'll watch it. So I've been in a very deep dive into RuPaul's Drag Race. I'm on season four now. (laughs) I think gay people are great. You guys are amazing. Even I, though you don't hit on me and you hit on my husband. Gay, if you're a guy, if you're, listen, listen, listeners, if you're a guy and you know a guy who's gay, be his fucking friend. Because they are some of the best friends to fucking have. Shit you not. They tell you, like, they'll they'll dress you mm-hmm. before you go out. Like, if, if you, like. God. Oh, honey, girl. Mm-mm. Like, no, seriously, like, if you go to a bar. <laughs> Even the ones who aren't like quote unquote like flamboyant or any type of stereotype, even one who's just like a just a gay guy, like if you put something on, and you're gonna go to a bar or something like that, and he'll be like, "You're you're going in that? Is that we're is that we're going with?" They give you the best fashion <laughs> advice. Mm-hmm. They help you when you go shopping. You don't want anything from them. They're they they don't want anything from you. Mm-hmm. It's like the best relationship ever. Yeah, I don't know how it is with 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 women and lesb with, with lesbians, straight women and lesbians. I don't know how. That would coincide, but like I, I, I love it. I love it because they're some of the best friends to have. And at the same time, I know a lot of gay women who like come into the store and stuff, and we chatted up. Like we're just a couple of dudes. We just chatted up. Like mm-hmm. just it's whatever, you know. And it's really cool. It's like um, there's no how do I put it. There's no like sexual expectation. There's no flirting. No tension. Need. No tension. No nothing. Where you could just say whatever you want and you know and i I don't get flirty with people i'm just very polite but i know like if this person's gay i don't have to fucking worry about a damn thing i don't have to worry about being flirty with them or them hitting on me or nothing it's just it's totally fucking chill yeah so i I love the i love i love the gay community i think they're great absolutely i would like to go to the mark three and just hang out yeah i've never been there yeah just hang out and drink a couple beers but hey guys we went off on a tangent. We did. But I was right. It's a gay community about this. They yes. need to look Almost out. Almost all of these victims are from the gay community. So like I said, the works put up this reward. And authorities, meanwhile, began linking a few of the murders by their grisly M.O.s. Six days after McNeve's body was found, May 15th, the Indiana State Police held a meeting with 35 detectives from four different jurisdictions in Indiana where bodies having the same frenzied, angry stab wounds had been found. They decided to create a task force to investigate the cases together, calling it the Central Indiana Multi-Agency Investigation Team. The Simmate. That's what I'm going to call it. I don't like... <laughs> I, 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 I like the fact that they call themselves a team, but I don't at the same time. We're a team, yeah! They make it seem like they're... Like, when they do that, a lot of stuff is just done at a desk. Like There's probably a lot of red string billing. You have to give that credit. I, I, I do respect the red string. And I'm warming up to the yellow string. Don't judge me. But it's like such and such, such and such task force. 
And I think like guys and men and women in, in like tactical gear and stuff. That's what, that's what I think task force would be. Maybe you're overthinking it. But it's like they're not. There are people. They didn't who, call it task force. People, no, I'm saying just that term also. You know, it's like, well, no, you're just wearing a business suit and no. you're at a desk. This is high class investigation team. Oh, well, shit. Hmm. I'm sorry. Look out. Yeah. They began putting all of the information from those murders into a computerized database linked to the statewide police system. They contacted the FBI National Crime Information Center, describing the murders and asking for other police forces with cases sharing the same type of victims, method of murder, and or body disposal methods to contact them. Soon, authorities in Lexington reached out about Jay Reynolds, and Chicago authorities reached out about Jimmy Roberts. Both of their murders were included in the investigation as the search for who they dubbed the quote-unquote highway murderer continued and more police forces came forward with similar cases, adding to the growing list. A man named Thomas Henderson called the confidential hotline that authorities had set up on June 6th. He was the previous lover of a 31-year-old man named Larry Eiler, and he voiced suspicions that Eiler may be the highway murderer. He claimed Eiler had a bad temper, liked bondage, and that he had stabbed a hitchhiker in 1978 and drugged a 14-year-old boy in 1981. Authorities started running... And you're in a relationship with this guy? This was before their relationship, is what I took from what I read. But, like, but like he's... Te- I don't think he was privy to it until end of the relationship, and then that relationship was like... Oh, okay. Mm. We're going to go our separate ways, and he was like, you're fucked up, I'm going to call the police. I hope it wasn't one of those things like, it's okay, baby, we can work through this. I hope it wasn't that. I don't think it was. Drugging a boy? That's yeah. a big fucking deal, man. <laughs> Well, authorities' ears perked up about this, and so they started running a background check on Eiler, and sure enough, he had faced charges of attempted murder for stabbing a hitchhiker named Craig Long in August of 1978 in Terre Haute, Indiana. He had given 19-year-old Long a ride on August 3rd and started coming on to him. When Long rejected his advances, Eiler pulled onto a dark side street and forced him into the bed of his pickup truck at Knife Point. He stripped Long down, handcuffed him, bound his ankles, and began stroking his body with a knife. Long was somehow able to break free and run, but with Eiler right behind him. Eiler stabbed him once, puncturing a lung, and Long played dead. Which probably saved his life. I'm surprised that that's what did it, because he's known for stabbing a whole lot. But this was 1978. This was before all these murders started happening in 82. Maybe that's when he was giving it a go. He was warming up. Yeah, that's my thinking. Maybe he found out he faked his own death and was like, you know what? From now on, 40 stabs. That's it. (laughs) Well, Eiler jumped in his truck and took off because he was fucking scared. As soon as he was gone, Long was able to get up and run to a nearby trailer park to get help. Because that's where you always seek refuge is a trailer park. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't that, seek refuge in a fucking tornado at a trailer park. But yeah, if you're stabbed in the <laughs> chest, though. True. If you see a light anywhere, you go toward it. Exactly. Oh, cool educational fact for the snuggle bunnies out there. If you ever find yourself in a situation where you have been stabbed and you have a punctured lung, the best thing to do if you don't tampon. have a valve. No, that's if you're shot. Oh. If you're shot, a non-deodorized tampon will do it. Unless it's like a shotgun. At that point. Fuck, dude. Sorry. Anyway. Um... <laughs> Is cut off a piece of plastic, um, 
hard plastic, any type of plastic, any type of plastic, really. Like and firm plastic? Firmer. Yeah, you don't want to go with like Reynolds wrap, but. Like from like a toy car or something? That, yeah, like that a, thickness. something like a flap. Uh, something, something that's bendable, very bendable, but like you mm-hmm. could bend it in half and it won't stay that way. It'll go back to its original shape. This is what we learned when I was in the army. You could you, you could cut apart an MRE package. That's what we used. And you take you, you cut it into a square, put it over the wound, tape the top and the sides, but not the bottom. So there's an air flap. So you could breathe out, and when you breathe in, it seals. Ah. Sounds a bit like a fart. Yeah. Yeah. And then you go, and you can. It's a sucking chest. Breathe wind. in and. And you're okay. At least, I mean, like, see, not, why don't you go back to school to be an EMT? Well, there's too. You already much, know half that shit. All the blood vomit, and I think there's poop involved. I don't want to deal with it. You know more of that shit than I do. I don't work in emergency medicine. I know em- you could do it. I know emergency stuff. Like, if we're camping, I can help you out. But if I work in an ambulance, they're gonna be like, "Billy, what are you doing with a tampon?" I'm like, "He shot." And I'll be like, and they'll be like, oh, "We have things for this, you know." So, I'm cool. <laughs> Okay. But that's a cool little thing. Just an idea. Oh, so, and if you have to give anybody a tourniquet, place it two inches above the joint, the nearest joint, or below it, depending on the blood flow, and then dip your finger in the blood and write a T on their forehead and write the time. That way, when the medical service shows up, they know they have a tourniquet and they know when you applied it. They'll know we could take it off, they'll be okay, and we could work on it, or let's just cut this fucking thing off because he put this tourniquet on a while back. See, you should be a paramedic. No, it's just cool. Interest. I, I like. I like learning. <laughs> You'd be good at it. Learning in a safe environment with friends. All right. <laughs> well, like I said, Long ran for help at the nearby trailer park, but Eiler must have felt some kind of guilt because he chose a random house to stop at to confess and turn himself in, handing over a handcuff key for the cuffs that were still on Long when he was stabbed. Eiler was still waiting in his pickup truck when the police arrived and was arrested. They confiscated a sword, three knives, a whip, and a canister of tear gas from his truck. But the charges didn't stand. Long was given a check for $2,500 by Eiler's lawyer, and suddenly he no longer wanted to press charges. <laughs> Here's my question. This, this is odd, but in in nineteen seven, I'm sorry? 78. Okay, nowadays you can go to, like, the mall at some curio shop and buy a fucking little, like, you know, uh, display samurai sword. Fuck, I've done it. I've ordered the Kill Bill sword on mm-hmm. eBay. In the sev- Where the fuck did you get a sword? <laughs> That's not at the Piggly Wiggly. Yeah. There wasn't a Walmart. And even then, Walmart today doesn't have swords. I'm more disturbed by the fact this guy was like, yeah, give me 2500 bucks and I won't press charges. Your hospital bill is going to be more than that. Would it for be? your fucking collapsed lung? Would it be because in the eighties the gay the gay I community was... offered fifteen hundred dollars, but now you're talking in the late seventies, how much? Two, over two thousand dollars. That, I mean, if you look at the time, but this wasn't connected at the time to what would later happen. You're connected. At this the time. was something that happened in seventy eight, and that reward wasn't put up till eighty three. Oh, never mind. Yeah. So, yeah. That wouldn't even cover your hospital bills. But that's what happened. So the judge... But by that time, he's already healed. You know what I mean? The puncture lung's already taken care of and stuff. And he probably had bills that were due. And 
He was like, okay, well, I guess I'll just take it. Like, how about you give me that money and I still press charges because you stabbed me in my fucking lung. Yeah. That's what I would have done. Money aside, I'd be like, you know what? I don't want the money. Let's go to court. Yep. So the judge ended up dismissing the case in November and Eiler only had to pay $43 in court costs. Lucky bitch. The incident in 1981 the police were told about by Thomas Henderson also had police involved. A 14-year-old boy had been drugged and dumped unconscious in the woods near Greencastle, Indiana. You know, Indiana's actually not that bad. If you want to come visit us, we'll go out to eat. (laughs) It's not that horrible. Every state has their serial killers. So, Eiler was arrested, but since there were no signs of molestation or permanent damage from the drugs, the boy's parents decided to drop the charges. That's fucking stupid. Here's the thing. If the only thing I can think of is they didn't want him to have to go through a trial. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. But it wasn't, I mean, you got drugged and you were just thrown out of a car unconscious. Like odds are, and it's me cause I'm very protective. If, if, if you like spit on the ground and it's in the direction of my child, I'll probably attack you. I'm very protective of my children. So something like that, I'd be like, yes, you're going to go to jail. Mm-hmm. Um, that's if I don't grab my Glock and, Go to your fucking house. If, you know, if, if if I don't kill you, then I you need to go to prison. Yeah. But maybe I'm just overprotective of my family. And in hindsight, a lot of people think that this was his way of, like, testing drugging to see how much he would need to give to someone of a certain weight range or something. Yeah. Because he didn't do anything to him. He just drugged him and dropped him out. That reminds me of another movie. In the movie. woods. That reminds me of another movie. Documentary? Documentary. I can't think of the name of it. I think it's called The Vanishing. Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland's in it. And um, I think Sandra Bullock's in it. She is abducted. But um, the guy that does the... Uh, oh, it's one of the Bridges. Jeff Bridges, I want to say. He's the, he's the abductor. And he just wanted to know... He wanted to abduct somebody. And that was it. Like, that's he just something he wanted to do. And so he... What he would do was, like, he would take chloroform he would sit like on the end of his bed and put chloroform on a rag and huff it and then pass out but he like he would know like he would know like okay how much is this and then he would huff it and he'd pass out and he'd wake up and click off a timer and know this amount will put you out for this long like he did all the fucking work in it and stuff and Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland was like the husband or boyfriend and it, the whole movie really the whole movie is about Kiefer Sutherland wants to find out what happened but mm-hmm. That that's a good fucking movie. It's a good documentary. But that's what made me think of like maybe he's testing the waters, dipping his toe in, seeing troubleshooting. He's yeah. troubleshooting, really. So it seems like Mr. Eiler has a golden horseshoe up his ass. So on next episode, we're gonna go into the life of Larry Eiler. Who Larry actually is. To see what may have contributed to his dark side. My apologies, guys, when I wrote this outline. I expected it to be done in one episode, but it ended up being extra long. So we're going to cut it a little short today um, and follow up in two weeks. We love you. We do. I always hate when we have to do that, but we got to watch our time. Mm-mm. So that's the beginning story of the interstate killer, a.k.a. the highway murderer. It was a little bit of a longer one, so like I said, we're going to finish up next time. Thank you all for listening, and we hope you enjoyed it. 
And you know where to find us. Billy already mentioned our Facebook and Twitter. We're on Instagram, Martinis and the Macabre. We have a fan page on Facebook called Friends Who Like Martinis and the Macabre. And feel free to post whatever you like from Funny and Morbid on any of our social media. And please share. That's the easiest and totally free way to help us out just by spreading the word. If you want to go a step further, then please get on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, basically anywhere you can leave a rating or a review. And we hope it will be a positive one. And don't forget, if you send us a snapshot of your review, we will send you a sticker. And if you've already left a review but haven't sent us a pic, you can still do that and get a sticker even if the review is old. Odds are, if you just contact us and it's like, can I have a sticker, we'll probably send you a sticker. Probably. We're nice like that. We're cool people. And if you want to go balls to the wall and financially support the show, you can make a one-time donation in the amount of your choosing via our PayPal link at the bottom of the homepage on our website, martinisandthemacabre.com. Or you can set up a pledge for monthly donations through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash martinisandthemacabre. Even a $1 pledge gets you access to our patron-only audio each month and a shout-out on the show. And for just a few dollars more, you can get some exclusive goodies. Every dollar is hugely appreciated. And thank you to all past patrons and especially to our current patrons. Kirsten, our baller, yo. Love you. Bender, Bonnie, Bridget, Caroline, Chelsea, Christina, Cooper, Corey, Donald, Dylan, Belfast Grace, Harleen, Heather, Jennifer, Jolene, Kate, Kim, a new one. Thank you, lady. Thank you. Christy, Kristen, Lady Danger, Marie Maxime, Molly, Monica, Sue, Vanessa, and Veronica. You awesome snuggle bunnies have our undying love. For any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, shoot us an email at martinisinthemacabre at gmail.com or you can use the contact page on the website. Also on the website, you can find a bio about us, a complete episode catalog that you can binge, and all of the music created by Minimus Noah that we use at the end of each episode. And keep listening because there will be a new one at the end of this episode. And you can find him on Spotify. All these previously unreleased songs are on there. Go look for it. And uh, that about wraps it up. And just so you know, hon, I don't know if you're aware, this is our 75th episode. Hey! Three quarters of a hundred. And we recently reached over 150,000 downloads. So yeah. thank you guys so, so much. We never thought this would happen three years ago when we started. It's amazing. <laughs> so we love you guys once again. Thanks so much for listening. Stay safe, Snuggle Bunnies. And we'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.
<laughs> it's like English, but in cursive. <laughs> yeah, I guess. She speaks cursive to your earbuds. 